Hello, and welcome to Increasing Faith's podcast, where we walk by faith and not by sight. We're so happy you found us. We exist to reach people with the love of God, to serve those in our community, and to empower God's people to become agents of change. Have you been inspired to reach higher, to push beyond your current circumstances? Or have we helped you get to that aha moment? Then share this with a friend. We can't wait to see you soon. God bless.
is known to go. God has fast food. Fast food. You don't got time to go in and order so you stay in the drive through line because you got to get your food to go. I told Charlena, you got to develop knowing how to talk to God while you're walking. You wash your dishes, you got to learn how to talk to God. While you wash your dishes, you're on the job working, you got to know how to talk to God. While you meet that deadline. Putting the kids to bed. There is no more I got a closet for an hour to sit in to pray to God and I'm not being disturbed. You've got to know how to talk to God while you're on the battlefield. While the bills are rolling in and you're looking at the money that you don't have, you still got to know how to talk to God in the midst of depression. You still, because depression, you need no medication for that. You in here suffering that. Anybody in here suffering depression, raise your hand.
you really want the success so that people can see you? Or do you really want the success because you want to help others? Do I want the promotion because it's my time? Or do I want the promotion so that somebody can see that God is still working? Do I want God to prosper me because I suffered so long? Or I want God to prosper me because somebody that is ready to give up need to see that God is still working in this. Somebody say, use me, God. Somebody say, use me, God. My prosperity should not be based on what I want. Should be based because, God, I need somebody to be inspired. So use me, God, I'll go. But there's a price to pay. Daddy told me in the hospital when he was on his bed, fighting for his own self. Mm, get that. Fighting for his own self. If this thing don't work for my daddy, he wouldn't. He's not going to make it. They got no more chemo for him. If this stem cell don't work, Nicole is not going to make it. My dad ain't going to, this is it. And yet still, while my dad fighting for his own health, he was able to see in my life. Come on, Nicole. He was still able to say, Frank, walk right, because there's something waiting for you. God can see when you can't see. That's why he's your father. The purpose of a father in your life, I feel like this Father's Day, a purpose for a father in your life is to help you go farther in life. Things started shifting. People started leaving. And all of a sudden, a lieutenant position opened up out of nowhere. Your father is the prophet of your life. And he has the power to shift the atmosphere. You ain't get that. Your, your father has the power to shift the atmosphere. The centurion soldier found Jesus. This, we ain't even in our notes. The centurion soldier found Jesus and said, and my daughter is sick. Jesus said, well, I'll come to your house. He said, no, 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 no. For my house is not fit for you to come. But I, being a commander in the military, I tell men when to come and when to go. He said, you have the power to command the spiritual matters of things. So all you got to do, my father, is speak a word. Christ spoke the word to the satyrian soldiers concerning his daughter. She be healed. And by the time he made it home, the servant ran out the door and said, Master, Master, your daughter is healing that very hour that Christ spoke. The mouth of a father can shift your destiny within an hour of time. Hallelujah. Things started shifting. Things started opening up. Somebody shout out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. God is a God. And no one made him to be God. He made himself out of nowhere. He made the earth out of nowhere. He made the waters. He made the air. He made man out of nowhere. Here come God. Can you tell me who made God? I can't tell you. And in the same manner that you can't tell me who made God, neither can you. 
who got you here? God. Can you tell me who? I can't. So God will speed up your life. Somebody snap their finger like that. So fast that you can't even explain. God don't even want you to explain his prosperity. He just wants you. It's just God. It's just God. Well, who is this God? Where it come from? Change your family, do this. Came out of nowhere. The position came out of nowhere. The position came out of nowhere. And I wasn't going to put in for it until the Spirit reminded me of what my father. Now, let me tell you something about this Holy Spirit that you may wrestle with. You know when you got the Holy Spirit, not because you can speak in foreign languages. You know you got the Holy Spirit because he reminds you of what your father has spoken over your life. The Bible says that he will bring all. Somebody say all. Somebody say all. All things back to your remembrance. So if you are not a child of the Father, then you can't remember nothing that the Father says to your life. The problem is we get so wrapped up in the circumstances of life that you forget what your daddy said. My daddy told me that I'm going to be a lieutenant. Woo! My daddy told me that I'm going to become this. So why, Frankie, are you hesitating now in putting in the application? Your daddy done qualified you. Say, my daddy qualified me. My daddy qualified Oh, you ain't getting this on this morning. You wait for your pastor to tell you that you are this. You wait for your pastor to speak this word in your life. But God already told you. And I'm just here to confirm exactly what he's spoken over your life. Told you many years ago. And the shit passed. You still wait for somebody to tell you. But God loves you so much. You know what he does? He allowed that same ship to pass you last year to return. You sit right there the upcoming year and the ship passed. But God loved you so much that he let that same ship that you allowed to pass by you year after year to keep turning around on your behalf. Even you not believing in yourself, God allowed that same ship to keep turning in your life. And he says that my word will not return unto me void. It will find you. No matter what state or condition that you might be in, your destiny will find you. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Say my destiny will find me. Yeah, yeah, it will, it will, it will. It don't matter how bad you screwed your life up. God's word will find you. It don't matter how bad you done, you done tore your life up. You done made all kind of mistakes in your life. When your father speaks a word over your life, there is no circumstances, no hell, high water, hail, or storm can stop his word from doing it. Say, my father knows me. My father knows me. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you, God. Yeah, I ain't had to do no dirt. For the position to open. I ain't had to cheat nobody. I ain't had to lie to nobody. I ain't had to con nobody. I ain't had to rob nobody. My father spoke this in my life before anything ever happened. Yeah, I put in for it. And when I went in there, I went in there in the voice of my father. 
They told me, they said, if I slip this paper to you, son, and if you don't get the position, <laughs> woo, he said, if you don't get the position, who do you think is qualified on this to give? See, God will ask you some questions to see if you really believe in what he's saying over you. I looked at the numbers. I looked at the numbers of folk who put in forward. And I said, Captain, Director, Major, I know protocol. And I don't want to sound negative. And I hope that this is not a ding on me when I leave. But sir, I don't see nobody else's name on this paper but me. Somebody would snap your finger from now on, say blessed and highly favored. Bless and highly favored. That's what we do in this Bless and highly favored. Somebody bring you a cup of water. Bless and highly favored. Somebody open the door for you. Bless and highly favored. See, that's what we do here now. That's what we do. I've been walking down the highway. After the interview, they walked me down the hallway and I'm snapping my finger. Yes. The Lord told me, look back and see if they're walking behind you. I said, God, I ain't see nobody. He said, because they're already talking about you. You got it. Bless and highly. I said, I don't see nobody else's name on this paper. Come on, come on. But Lieutenant Snyder, I didn't say Sergeant. All things are passed away. And behold, call those things that be not as though they were. I said, I see you did it. Come on, come on. Didn't say sergeant. Come on. I was a sergeant. I'm a lieutenant. The next day I received a call. I said, are you ready to move up? I said, yes, I am. Because I told him I've been born ready. I said, this is my destiny. I said that in the interview. This is my destiny. You are not interviewing me. You just want to see me. The Bible says your gift will do what? Make room for you and bring you. Bring you around men. Somebody said, I've got the gift. You see, the reason why you need a man of God and a woman of God in your life is not so you can worship them. It's so that they can speak to your purpose. Because when you find your purpose and you work from there, it is there you prosper. You worked on these jobs and you go to these jobs and you feel empty. It's only because your supervisor is not in the prophetic. He can't speak into your life so you're working there out of purpose. And anytime you're moving and you're working out of purpose, you feel empty, you feel tired, you feel drained. The more you work in your purpose, the more energetic you should feel. The more you work in your purpose, the more important you feel. Your whole life change, your family change, your health change, your speech change, your eyesight change. You change. Why? Because you're in your purpose. There is no way you can come to this church. And good things don't happen in your life. 
if you've been coming to this church and you've been seeing great things happening in your life, come on and give God a shout of praise. Something good has happened in your life since you've been coming here. I'm not surprised when I hear something good happening in your life. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised because I know the word of the Lord is here. And when I see something that's contradictive in your life, then the word that's speaking here, I begin to bind that spirit. Because ain't no devil in hell going to cause me to think that God's word ain't here. Deborah got up that next Sunday. Deborah began to prophesy about promotion. And I called Deborah. And I said, Deborah, I believe that God gave you a word for the house. Deborah began to speak. I don't know what God gave Deborah, but I said, I believe that God gave Deborah. And I sat right there. Didn't tell nobody because I was supposed to be leaving in November. Deborah said a promotion. She said something about a promotion. She's going to receive a promotion. And remember what I said? I said these words. She didn't know. She didn't know. She didn't know. She didn't know. See that? She didn't know. Got outside and I told Deborah, Deborah. Told Deborah what happened. Deborah, Deborah. Watch this. Deborah just... You out of the praise. So I ask God that when you bless me, let my cup run over that some more folk can get wet. I said, no way in the world you want to give to me. And you're going to place dollars in my hand. And God won't reign in your life. If you give it to me, and nothing is happening in your life. I don't want it. When I receive a message, somebody sent a message to me and Charlene and say, I got a promotion. What do you say, Nicole? What you say, Nicole? What you say? What you say, Nicole? What you say, Nicole? Nicole, didn't you get it? Didn't you get it, Nicole? That's why I want you to get involved. 
It starts right here. Get involved. It starts right here. Find a need. You ain't got to, can I do this? You ain't got to find, I'm going to do this right here. Pastor, I, I'm, I'm over here. I'm going to do this right here. Oh, you got credentials. I ain't got no credentials, man, but I see a need. See, you asking God for one thing. And God is saying, I got something better for you. You things that you want to see. They show you things to entice you. But God says, I show you things and give you things that are everlasting. Okay? He says, my things are not temporal. My things are forever. He says, the blessings of the Lord maketh thee rich, and with it addeth thee no sorrow. So if there's sorrow, if there's a blessing that you receive and there's sorrow in it, then that's not a God. That's temporal. But mostly, he says, stop dating me. Stop dating me. Stop dating God. He's not like that. Some days you want them, some days you don't. Some days you show up to church, some days you don't. When things start looking good, we don't see you. When things start going bad, then you come up. Come on. Praise me in the midst of. Praise me when things are going great. Praise me when things are not going good. Praise me in spite of. Stop dating me.
gave his only begotten son. Then whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I want us to read this together on the count of three, right off the screen. Amen. When you're ready, we're going to read this together. Matter of fact, let us stand and read this. Amen. Amen. On the count of three, we're going to read together John 3 16. One, two, three, read. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Tell your neighbor before you are seated that you are destined to prosper. See, everybody's getting that opportunity to prophesy to each other. Tell them again that you are destined to prosper. You are destined to prosper. We're not going to date God. We're not going to flirt with God. Amen. You're a child of God. Tell them again. Tell them again. You are destined to prosper. You are destined to prosper. Which means that God has created you to do one thing, and that is to prosper. Hallelujah. You are destined. You are destined. It's your destiny to prosper. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you right now. For we know that you are the creator, the master of the universe. Father, we thank you because you're the author of our life. Today, God, we want you to speak prophetically to us. Give us direction of where we should go and what we should do, how we should serve. Father, open up facets of truth to our mind. Block out any negative thing, Father, that limits your word in our life. And I know, God, that I must decrease for this to happen. I must decrease for your spirit to speak freely through me to these, your precious people. So I decrease as right now your spirit increases. Father, speak to these, your precious people, in this place so strongly that your word prophetically begin to walk up and down the aisles of these malls, touching those who are ready to serve the people, the employees of these different places. They may be desiring to come here, but because of their job, they are not able to, but speak to them right where they are. All across this mall, to the east wing, the west wing, the north wing, and even the south. Let the voice, Father, be so strong that they can even hear it out in the parking lot. What manner of word is this? Someone may say, I must get there. In this, we'll give you the praises and glory and the honor for we take no credit of the great work that you perform. In Jesus' name, shout amen. amen. As you're being seated, as you're sitting down, somebody say that I'm destined to prosper. Yeah, you may be seated. Let's do this. Positioning yourself to prosper is exactly what we are dealing with and have been dealing with throughout the month of October. Prosperity is the will of God for you, but it must come by positioning. You must position yourself to prosper. Prosperity is yours, but in order for it to manifest in this realm of reality through you, it must come through a certain position. The words of God is circumstantial. Just because God spoke it in your life doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to materialize. The blessing of God is true, but the only way that it can materialize is through certain conditions. Say me. Yeah, yeah, you're the condition. Either you believe it or you don't. Either you have faith in it or you don't. You're the condition. 
The word of God is extremely unlimited. It is unlimited until it touches man. The word of God is unlimited. It will perform. But yet it can be hindered. So being the word of God is unlimited only if it stays in the spiritual realm. But the moment it enters in the realm and the nature of man, it can become limited by your and my limitation. We can stop the word of God from performing. Because God is a gentleman and he will not step on your toes without saying, excuse me. God is a gentleman. He will just not come in. I mean, if you hear the knock and you open the door, God will ask, can I come in? And if you let him say if, yeah. the word if is conditional. It is based on you, even though God can barge in, but he don't want to barge in. He would rather you allow him to come in. We know that he's God. He can do all things, of course. He is omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He got all power. Who can dominate God? But yet you can limit God with your unbelief. You can stop God's promises from happening in your life and through your life by our unbelief. And unbelief will allow a person to only stay in hope. Ah, yeah. So God said, God said there's a method to the madness. There's a method to, to manifesting success. There's a method. And if we are able to deal with this method, to learn this method, to operate in this method, to cause this method to be habitual in our life, it doesn't matter what field or craft you go into, tell your neighbor you can prosper. You don't have to know how to pick up a shovel to dig gold. But you pick up that shovel, you begin to dig what? Because mm, you got the method. Somebody snap and say, mm. somebody got it. We all ain't got it. <laughs> yeah, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. But then yet we use that scripture out of his prophetic purpose. Because most certainly, God don't love this world. The Bible declares that if you are lovers of this world, you are an enemy of God. So if the Bible declares, for God so loved the world, we have to determine what world is he talking about. Because most certainly, there's nothing in this world that he loves. Jesus declares that it will be like unto the days of Noah. They were eating and drinking. And then yet, here come the Son of God. The Bible declares that you will come like a thief in the night. Yeah. So there's nothing about this world that your father loves. But then yet the scripture says, for God so loved the world. See, if we really understand John 3.16, you will have no problem with prospering. If you truly understand the methods of John 3.16, there you see the method of God's prosperity and you won't have no problem with calling those things that be not as though they were. We have heard through our lives about John 3.16, Sunday school. They told you to quote John 3.16 and remember memorize it in your head. In fact, John 3.16 is the foundation of the evangelistic ministry in churches. We are going out and we are doing missionary work because God loved the world. We don't judge nobody because God loved the world. But what world is he was talking about? Because most certainly, I promise you, I've seen prophetically that God is not talking about this world. For John said in the book of Revelation, I saw a new heaven and a new earth coming down 
He said, I saw a new Jerusalem. Could this very well be what Jesus was talking about? Could it very well be that Jesus is the Son of God, not for this world? Could it very well be that he didn't die for this world, but yet he died for a world to come? Lay not yourself treasures on earth, but lay up yourself where? Treasures in heaven. Could he be talking about a world? That is to come that had not yet come. Could Jesus' ministry be extremely prophetic? Even though he came over 2,000 years ago, but he was ahead of the 2,000 years. For the woman declared that, no, are, are, are you getting this? Tell your neighbor, you're going to get it. Could it be when he met the woman at the well and the woman said, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. We as Christians get mad because we say he was not a prophet. He was a son of God. But those years that he ministered for those three years, he didn't never minister as the son of God, but he ministered as a prophet. He never corrected the woman. He never told the woman that, no, I'm not a prophet. I am the son of God. Because it was true when he walked the three years on earth. He never walked the three years on earth as the son of God. He walked the three years on earth as a prophet of God. The mouthpiece of God. Shifting the atmosphere. Oh, the son of God is not going to speak to a lame man and tell a lame man to get up. The son of God is not going to walk on waters. The son of God is not going to feed the thousands. The Son of God is not going to say, Lazarus, Lazarus, come forth. The Son of God does no thing like that. But a prophet does. Mm. Mm. Can you say that? Mm. You're learning some things on this morning that you've never heard before. Huh? Yeah. So when your Christ came, when our Christ came, when my Christ came, he did not come for this world, but he came for a world to come. And if your faith is found in this world, that's why you're living an uncertain life. Because this world is temporal. This world is not complete. This world is not truth. This world is an illusion of what truth is. But if your faith is found in the circumstances of this world, that's why sometimes you're up and sometimes you're down. That's why sometimes you're happy and sometimes you're sad. That's why sometimes you feel motivated and sometimes you feel like all your world is gone. But if your faith is found in the unseen, if your faith is found in the world to come, no, you not. Maybe this is over your head. I'm just trying to find somebody that I can hold a conversation with, maybe. But if your faith is found in the world to come that had not yet, thy kingdom come, thy will be done where? On earth as it is in heaven. Not talking about this world, but he's talking about a world to come, and that's it. Faith is the evidence of things not. It's heaven. You got to follow me. That's faith. That's faith. That's faith. That's faith. Faith is not. The, so if your prosperity looks like this world, tell your neighbor you ain't got it. But whatever you have in this world is just a piece. It's just a crumb. Out of see, God must give you crumbs, not of this world. He must give you crumbs from another world just to keep you there. The house that you got didn't come from this world. They can't qualify you here because they need qualification. Right. How can the unqualified qualify you? The car that you was blessed with most certainly didn't come from this world. 
The promotion that we receive, it doesn't come from this world, but it's just a crumb. Somebody tell your neighbor, it's just a crumb. You don't get overwhelmed with that because it's just a crumb. It's just a little piece. Just a little flash. Just a little glimpse from the world that you have not seen. But imagine if God gave you all of that. That feeling that you felt when you got that thing. How about that feeling is every day? How about that feeling is every moment? How about that feeling is the kind of feeling that every moment you... See, you can't get your mind there. And you won't get your mind there because you're still living in this world. For God so loved the world to come that he gained his only begotten son a representation of that world. And if you believe in him, you should not perish in this world, but you will have everlasting life in the world. To Are you getting what God is speaking to you prophetically or am I speaking too fast? For God so loved the world to come that he gave his son, which is not one that came from this world, but he came from a world to come. That if you believe in him, that he is the representation of the world to come, you will not perish while being in this world, but you will have everlasting life. That's why I tell you that the prosperity of God is on your life. What if I'd have heard that when I was 17 years old? I wouldn't have made the foolish mistakes that I made when I was 25. What if I heard that when I was 15 years old? I would have took my life more seriously when I was 18. You are blessed, you who are in school, to be sitting and hearing a prophetic word like this. There is no reason why you shouldn't be successful coming out of high school. There is no reason why you shouldn't be successful while in high school. There should be no reason why you're struggling in school. Not after hearing a prophetic word like this. A man or woman of God that's speaking in your life, that's shifting your life. You cannot make the foolish mistakes that we made. Point at them and say they have no excuse. None. Now point at yourself and say, I got no more excuse. You thought I was going to leave you out of it. Yeah, we've been doing this all. It was a setup. For God so loved the world. And that's important for you to realize and understand because when you understand that, and your faith is there. When your faith is there, you've got no struggle of being able to call those things that be not as though they were. But you're having a hard time pulling the unseen to the scene because your mind and your faith is being influenced by what you... Man, I hope this is not too heavy for you in this morning because I'm going to feel bad. If your faith is like the faith of God, the Bible declares that God calleth those things that be not as though they were. And if you came from God, then you ought to speak like God. I know it's hard to do, and that's probably one of the biggest challenges that we have. I know for me it is. I'm pastor, and I'm giving you this word. I'm not giving you a word that's not difficult for me. It is difficult for me. Why? Because I'm seeing this word all the time. So that means you got to walk in this world. How many of you ever seen the, uh, the, the movie called Bird? What, what was? Bird what? Bird box. Bird box. Bird box. Bird box. Have you ever seen that? Raise your hand. Oh, you better go see it because it's good. <laughs> Bird box is good because it prophetically gives you an understanding the way you got to move on this earth. You got to move on this earth seen but not seen. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm moving but I'm seen but I ain't seen. Mm 
Stop marking about the crack. I see, but I ain't see it. Mm -hmm. Oh, COVID virus, about 5,000 people. Now, I see that, but I ain't see it. Mm -hmm. You got to see without seeing. In Bird Box, not to tell you the movie, but the movie been out for so long, so I can't help but tell you. With Bird Box, they had the little the thing on it. And they tell her, don't you take that mask off your eyes. They couldn't rely on their sight. They had to rely on their yeah. For faith cometh by and hearing by the But you are listening for directions on this earth and God is trying to direct you from a world while you are walking on this. Woo! So what does your prosperity look like? Because if you're not careful, you give the credit because they qualify you at the bank. If you're not careful, you give the credit because somebody gave you a promotion. When the Bible declares that every perfect and good gift comes from where? Above. It's from a world to yes. come. Yes, yes, yes. So you can't look like this world. You can't dress like this world. You can't sound like this world. You've got to look like a world to come. So God always hides the best gift away from the fools. The one who think that they got it. The one who sound like one who want to act like they got it. God don't want you to fake it until you make it. God wants you to already have it. He wants you to live it. You just shall live by what? Faith. There is no faith in this world. If this help you, come on, say I. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world he gave. He's not talking about this world. He loved nothing in this world. For this world will perish. And everyone that doesn't have the vision of the world to come will perish with it. Jesus the Christ, he was the one that represented that world. He was the first to represent that world. No one came from that world but him. And he came down to an already existing world to show you, Father, teach us how to pray, not according to this world. Our Father, which art in heaven, that is not a sinner's prayer. That's a kingdom prayer. Thy will be done. On earth. Actually, what earth? Not this earth. So he couldn't leave Jesus dead. He had to raise him from the dead. Why? Anything belongs to this world is dead. But he can't leave the best in a dead ground. Oh, I just wish that this church would get the prophetic of Christ. You can't have knowledge of Christ and not prosper. You can't have knowledge of Christ and not prosper. Because prosperity comes with the blessing. Ooh, is this all right? I'm not talking about a form of prosperity in which you've been hearing from a lot of preachers these days. I'm not talking about that kind of prosperity because what happened when the stock market crashed and the housing market crashed many, many years ago, all of the giving and the sowing and the giving and the sowing and they didn't get nothing in return, what did they do? They left those preachers. They left those pastors. But they already made their millions already. So they're fine now. They can preach you the truth now. But when they started, they couldn't do that. I'll tell you, man, you get the truth. Regardless if it feels good or not, or it tickles your ear, you're getting the truth. Okay, all right. All right. The next slide. I'm going to give you some principles now. I'm going to give you some principles. And you might want to write this down or just with your, with your phone. But I'm going to give you seven principles that I didn't Google it. 
I didn't listen to somebody. I'm going to give you these seven principles that I took out of my life. For every little or big success, however I want to measure that I received in my life, I studied my life, and I found out that these are the steps that I took. Taking these steps, and I didn't even know it. But now I'm a little bit more mature than I was, and now I can go back and I can evaluate my life. I believe that if you use these seven steps in your life, it worked for me. I believe that it'll work for you. We want to go over it. This is all right. The first one is what? Yeah. Yeah. Love is the first one. Yeah. Love. That's the first step to success right there. For God, so what? Love. That's the first step to success. The first Say the first step to success is love. The first step to success is love. Yeah. Love is a what? Say it's a what? Intense feeling of deep affection. God prospered you, Nicole, because of love. Because you have a deep, intense feeling of affection towards people. Unconditional, nothing in return. I'm not looking for you to tell me I did a good job. I'm not looking for you to even recognize me. That's love. I'm doing it because I love. That's the first key to success. Whatever you're doing in life, ask yourself, do I love it? Do I love it? Or do I love who it can affect? <laughs> do I love it or do I love who it can help? Do I love it or do I love who it can bless? For God so loved the world. He 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 loved the world. And again, God has the ability to love deeply beyond your mess-ups beyond what you have created yourself to be, beyond uh, the image that you have. God loves you beyond that. One who was a woman transferred himself into a man. God love goes beyond that. Ah. <laughs> yeah. He, he loves you. He loves you beyond that. He loves you beyond a person. That person don't love themselves. But God loves them beyond that. He got a deep affection. That's the first key to success. The second key to success, somebody say, vision. Come on, let's say it. The Bible declares where there's no vision, the people does what? Yeah. The problem is some folks go to number two and skip number one. You are running behind vision, but you got no love. You're running behind the vision without any kind of love. You've been hurt all your life. This one let you down. This one stepped on your toe. This one said that they was going to do this in your life but never showed up. And it caused you to have a hardened of heart. And then you become selfish. So then after, and if there's no love, then it's what? Lust. Lust is selfish. I'm going to look out for me and it's just me. I'm going to get mine and I don't care who I got. I don't care. This is mine. This is mine. This is mine. This is my money. This is my house. This is my car. This is mine. This is mine. This is mine. And that's why God cannot elevate. Because maybe he wants you to give that car away. But it's mine. I've been waiting so long for this to get mine. All I had to go through to get myself together. And now I, it's mine. This is mine. This is mine. And God wants you to give it away so he can elevate you. And you still got old clothes in your closet yeah. that saying that you need some new one. But you don't want to give the old one away. So God is not going to allow you to mix the old with the new. Say give the old away. The old is old for you, but it is new for someone else. Then it's vision. After you've loved correctly, after you've learned the art and the tool of loving the right way, unconditional, no debt. 
reason why it's hard for us to love because we pay bills all the time. And no one loves the debt collector. You tired of them folk calling your phone. You tired of seeing it in the mail. Every time you get a paycheck, you got to kick it out because you got to pay light, water. You got to pay car. You got to pay house, insurance, doctor bills. So you have that same mindset when it comes to God. So when it comes to giving to God, you got a problem. If you're not careful, you got a problem with it because you see God as a debt that you got to fit in your budget. All right. The ability to think about or plan the future with imagination or wisdom. <laughs> Where there's no vision, you perish. Where there's no vision, you're talented, but you got no vision. Gifted, but you got no vision. Nice, but you got no vision. Treat people well, but you got no vision. Want to know why the business can't take off? Got no vision. People who don't have vision knows how to mimic other people. They watch other people. And they steal from other people. And create a vision. Uh, is this helping you? The ability, the capability, the power to number one think. As a man thinketh well in his heart, so he becomes, say God has given me a vision. After you found love, the next thing you've got to get is a vision. The reason why folks give and they don't see no kind of nothing in return because they are not giving with love and they don't know the vision. So now you're doing it out of obligation. An obligation doesn't bring prosperity, but love will. Woo. The third is what? Mission. All right. Are you getting this? Are you with me or are you sleeping? The third is what? Mission. Yeah. Yeah. The mission is the vehicle of the vision that should yeah. be influenced by love. Absolutely. How did you get here? Either by bus, bicycle, or car? It doesn't matter. By boat, it doesn't matter. Something had to transport you. You are. You are in the car. You are in the truck. You are on the bicycle, the motorcycle, the moped. I don't know. But you are on that. Then who are you? You are number two. You are the what? You are the what? You are the what? You are the what? Okay, let me help you. Say, I am, I am the, vision the vision of God. Of God. Say, I am, I am the, vision the vision of God. Of God. Say, I am, I am the, vision the vision of God. Of God. Then the Holy Spirit comes in me and, and he becomes the mission. In which he transports you from place to place. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify God. You are the vision. So Satan wants to destroy you. Because if he can destroy you, if he can destroy you, then he destroys the vision of God. Without you, God can't get the work to come forth. So Satan wants to be a hindrance in your life. And he don't want to trick you by walking beside you. The Bible declares that he wants to get in the pathway of you. Right in the pathway, right in front of you, and move over or bend down so you can stumble, trip, and fall. 
But if you don't realize that you are the vision of God, you will wake up every morning talking about what is my purpose? What is my purpose? I don't understand why I need to be here. A person that's walking with a purposeless life, purposeless life, they're walking around and doing business as usual. Yeah. Why are you getting up this morning? Well, because I'm supposed to. Why are you going to work? Well, because everybody else doing yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, you know, my mama did it, my daddy did yeah. it, everybody else. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to get up and go to work. Yeah. Why do you want to buy a house? Well, because, you know, that's what everybody say to do. That's an individual that don't really have a reason of why they're doing what they're doing. They're just doing it because everybody else doing it. Why you want to open up a business? Well, because I see everybody else doing it. And, but that's not a reason. You have to go back to love. Do you love? Or are you doing it because you see everybody else doing it? Do you have a vision? What is the vision? The vision is why do you love? Then do you have a mission? How this thing is going to be carried out? What departments do you have? How is this thing is going to, how is it going to be carried out? How is it going to function? If a woman marries a man, then that man has no vision. Then that man has no love. And you will perish right with him. Number four is what? Hard one. Very hard one. Say, I must commit myself. The problem with commitment is we don't know what to commit to, so we commit to anything. That sounds good. But the commitment must come after the mission. So there you know what quality of being dedicated to a cause and activity should be. Are you getting this? Yeah. Is this helping you? Yeah. You must be what? Committed. Commitment is what? The state or quality of being dedicated to a cause or activity. So when someone says I have a purpose, it's just simply saying you have a cause. If you say that I have a reason, you just simply say I have a cause to be active. Not being married because somebody else is married, but I have a cause to be married. I have a purpose to be married. Not just working to receive a paycheck. Anybody can do that, but I'm working here because of a cause. God want to put you in the middle of a cause. A place of importance. Even if you're a car salesman, but don't sell cars just to be the best car salesman. Why not sell cars to people who really need transportation? God elevates you. I'm a car salesman. They be proud of it. Why are you a car salesman? Because there's a cause. There is a need. There is a reason. I'm a preacher. Not because folk can just, hey, pastor. But there is a cause and there is a need. So now the word is, has purpose. Why is it that you come here and you hear a word and it touches your soul because the word now serves what? Purpose. You go to some places and you hear the man and the woman of God speaking and you're sitting there with a question mark on your head simply saying, what in the world is he or she talking? First of all, who's she talking to? Who is he talking? Who is he prophesying? Because you come in with a question mark in your head and you leave with a question mark and an exclamation mark on your head. Because it serves no what? 
got to be committed. You got to commit yourself to something. But you can't commit yourself to nothing if you don't know the mission, you don't know the vision, and you don't see love. Is this good? All right. Number five says what? Yeah. Discipline means disciples. Discipline means disciples. It doesn't mean that you're a follower. It means one that's a disciple. A disciple is one who understands the law of commitment before the disciples could really carry out the work of God. They had to be disciplined. Anytime there's a place that's talking discipline, you see that either folks going to stay or they leave. But people appreciate you and your discipline. Say, God disciplined me. It don't feel good. So everybody wants the sauce, but they don't want to go through what it takes to. Everybody wants your anointing, but they don't want to go through. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense, right? Yes, sir. All right, children. You be disciplined too. The practicing or the practice of training people to obey what? The problem with most of us is we don't like rules. We don't want to hear nothing about rules. But rules are not just rules, but rules are there for code of behavior. Does your behavior match your destiny? Does your behavior match where you want to go? Because anyone can say they want to prosper in a thing, but does your behavior models it? Yeah. Yeah. See that? The reason why you need rules and the reason why you need a code is to box you in. Oh, what you mean, Pastor, to box me in? Yeah, no, boxing me in is going to limit me. No, it will not. But boxing you will hold you accountable. When we are disciplined, it means that we are being held, what? Accountable. We want to prosper, but we don't want to do the necessary things to prosper. We just believe that all we got to do is just believe. But we don't want to do all of the things that comes before believing. All you got to do is believe, and it's going to happen. Tell your neighbor, no. no. Believing without being disciplined doesn't work in your life. I'm trying to show you that if you give something, it should work for you. When you gave to me, you see things happen in your life. It's not because I got the secret sauce. It's because of your intentions. Love is the intention. And you got to have a vision. You got to have a mission. You got to be committed. And you got to be disciplined. And that's why church is so important. Because church should teach you the state of being disciplined. In your life, your family, your children. You should see it. Not you inconsistent. You dating God. You flirting with God. You got to be disciplined. Even if you don't see it. Anything happening in your life, I'm going to still be disciplined. It's better for you to discipline yourself than God do it. It's better for you to make the decision to say, I'm going to discipline myself. I need to drink more water. I really do. I'm not telling you this for an example. I'm being honest with you. I need to drink more water. Like oftentimes, the only time I drink water is when I come to church because they ever put it right in there. I don't judge me because there's some things that you need to change too. Amen, sir. Yes, sir. 
I look at my skin, man. My skin needs to be a little bit more better than this right here, man. Now you drink some water right in front of me. That's you drink some water. I got you, baby. I got you. Mm, bless. Amen. You see? Right? I got to be disciplined. I got to be disciplined. You see that? This makes sense, though. What areas in your life you need to be disciplined about? And, and that could be the very reason why you don't see consistent prosperity. What areas in your life? And we all got to shape it up now. Don't even sit here and act like you got it together. Because do you look at your bank account? I promise you if your bank account don't look like the way it's supposed to look. Tell your neighbor you got to tighten up. Don't give me that talk about, well, you know, God got me like that. No, he don't. Your undisciplined self got you like that. Your failure to commit got you like that. You are not a child of God and supposed to be struggling. Now, nah, this just don't go for you out there. It go for me too. Say, oh, you don't feel blessed. That's why you ain't saying it. <laughs> you can't stop it from the bills. <laughs> you don't know. You gonna learn that today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So when Jesus was disciplining his disciples, he took them out to the desert where there were no dependencies. See, it's hard for us to be disciplined because we got buoys. Buoys mean when you go out in the water, you got something safe to grab onto. Come on out, Peter. If you be the son of God, then let me come to you. Come out, Peter. Come on, Peter. Come to me. Peter stepped out on the water, and he realized that there was nothing else to save him, and the waves was high. He automatically began to sink because he didn't feel safe. Yeah, when God is disciplining you, you got to understand, in the moment of you being disciplined, you will not feel safe. The reason why the life feels so uncomfortable is because you don't feel safe. But when you live in a comfortable life, it's because you feel safe. You feel safe. I'm, I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable. Why? Because you feel safe and you feel secure. But when God is disciplining you, he is going to move you out of your safe and comfort and warm zone and put you in the cold. And if the cold is something that you like, he's going to move you out of the cold and put you in the heat. We don't want to follow God because we don't want to be disciplined. Not you. You're here today, so you want to be disciplined. But don't be here today because of obligation, because you are not going to stay committed to obligation. It becomes a burden. So many people join churches, and many people come to church because it's obligated. If you're obligated, but you must come to God free. No obligation. Hallelujah. The next is what? Believe. This is powerful. Say, I believe. I believe. Say, I believe. I believe. Say, I believe. I believe. Yeah, this is powerful. Believe and belief are two different things. Belief is just a set of rules that you believe. Believe is something different. See, when you say, I believe, here's what you're saying. You're simply saying, I will abide, I will remain, and I will stay. That's what you say. Charlene and myself, we've been married for now 12 years. I believe. 
Wow, I mean, how do you know you believe? Well, because I abide and I stay. When the time was not profitable, I know that I want you to see that. When the time, when, when all the opportunities to leave and to go through a divorce was there, I believe. Why you stay? Because I believe. Are you getting, if you're getting this scream out, yeah, I need you to scream out. I stayed in my marriage not when it was profitable. I stayed in my marriage when it was unprofitable. When it was not profitable for her to stay in the marriage, she stayed. When it seemed like it was not profitable for me to stay in the marriage, I stayed. What was up? We argued all the time. But I did what? Stayed. Why? Because I... Could it very well be that folks don't see continuous success in their life because they don't, they won't abide, they won't stay, they won't remain when it gets hard, when it gets tough, you do what? I bow out. Let me try something else. Let me do something different. Let me go over here trying to find the easy way out. But tell your neighbor there is no easy way out. God wants you to believe. He wants some believing people. He wants some folk that are disciplined and committed, who understand the mission, committed to the vision, and have ultimate love. He is looking for some people that understands the sixth rule to success. They will abide. No matter how hard they get in their life, they're going to abide. He don't want you to run, bow out, throw in the towel, look for exit door. He wants you to remain. He wants you to stay in the fight. See that? Could it very well be that you have number one, you got number two, you got number three down pack, doing good with number four, and number five, you look well, but when it comes to number six, you are still the shame. yourself this question. If you're working on a job, how many jobs have you had in the last 10 years? How many jobs have you had in the last 5 years? See, that speaks volume of who you are. How many times you have switched careers? speaks volume of where your belief is. Now I don't need nobody to say ouch. But I need you just to evaluate why it may be hard for you to succeed consistently. Is this helping you say I? I. Believe. Say I gotta believe. Believe and belief are two different things. I'm not talking about beliefs. I'm talking about believe. I'm with my wife, not because she get it right or she get it wrong. I believe in her. <laughs> so I abide. I remain. I will stay. If you cannot believe you date God, 
That's why most folk don't want to get married. They want to date because I can leave whatever I want. You get on my nerve, you go your way, and I go my way. And we don't owe nobody nothing. Ain't no love. There's no love in dating. What kind of love that is? And dating, you don't got to commit. Man, I'm done, Charlene. Go on about my business. Man, how you let your girlfriend go? She ain't going to do right. There's no vision in dating. There's no mission in dating. There's no commitment in dating. There's no discipline in dating. And that's why you don't believe. You don't believe in the career that you're in. That's why you're trying to find another one. But if you believe, God will always bless the believer. When we say that we are a believer, do we not know what we're saying? I believe in God, but then yet still, you believe in horoscope, yet still. You believe in crystals, yet still. You believe in sages, let's still. You believe in this, and then you try to say you believe in God, and you want the blessing of God, but then you got all of these other ingredients that God don't recognize. I mean, how in the world you gonna believe in crystals when God made them? You ain't got to see nothing behind that. How you gonna believe in sage? And you put all your faith in sage when he the one that's part of my ancestors. I believe in my ancestors. When he the one made your ancestors. So what I do is I say, I'm just gonna go to the creator. I'm going to just make it easy. I'm going to go to all the mediators and red tape, and I'm going to go to the creator. I mean, you the one made the ancestors. So while you sit there believing in dead folk, I'm going to go and believe in the one who ain't never died. I mean, when you really look at the economics of crystals, you won't get no money off it. I mean, try and see how much crystals are worth. They ain't got no value. Not no value. No value. They ain't on the stock market. Ain't nobody investing in that. Okay, I'm trying to help you with your money. Believe, to abide, to remain, or stay. Ask yourself, will I stay? Not when it's profitable, but when you have all of the reasons to leave, will you stay? I mean, it was unprofitable for you to stay at increasing faith when we were just right there in that little spot. But by the laundry mat while we preaching and folk in the laundry mat mad and hitting. See, this is all right. I'm preaching and right at the service. I'm at the laundry mat fussing. What are you hitting on the door for? Right in the middle, I'm preaching and he. Because the music too loud. So I'm going to give him my address. 
So the woman, she riding around the neighborhood trying to look for the church. And we all come out the garage dressed up in a suit. And she said, hey, I'm trying to look for the church. And I turn back and said, well, here it is. And the woman drive off. And he looked and said, you ain't been with me in those days, man. St. George, I'm just preaching hard. The lady, she's driving around. She said, I've been driving around for five minutes trying to find this church. I said, yes, ma'am, you're in the right area. And she said, well, wait, right here. That's the garage. And what that woman did, cook it. Hey, but we got something to give you. She threw it right off. That wasn't a problem. Yeah, what's wrong with them? And I mean, we come out the house looking like we came from church. Literally, we came from church. Not come from church. <laughs> Grandma Maddie would come in the garage, big old hat and all kinds. We have a church, man. Woman, peel off, boy. Not drive, peel off. But I stayed. We stayed. We remained. God is not looking for you to stay when it's profitable. He's looking for you to stay in that thing when it's not profitable. When nobody buying your business and you ain't getting no customers or clients and you want to give up, will you stay? Do you believe in the vision? Do you believe in the mission? Do you really have the love of God? Because how many people have turned their backs on God, but God stayed in you? Say, God, believe in me. Boy, it's one thing when you believe in God, but it's another thing to know when your father believes in you. To hear my daddy tell me that you are going to be, he didn't ask me whether or not I'm going to be a lieutenant. He told me this is what I'm going to He didn't care nothing about what I was going through. He told me, but daddy, I don't think I call him. He told me, I don't have the college degree. He told me God speaks directly in your life, not based on your credentials, not based on your ability, not based on what you have in the bank. God speaks to your purpose. He told you what you're going to be. He told you what you're going to do. He told you what you're going to have. Say, I've got it. Say, I've got it. Because my daddy says so. Do you really believe in what God has spoken over your life? Shout faith. faith. Yeah. Somebody shout faith. Faith. 
faith is the act of believing. If you believe that God spoke that into your life, then act it out. Amen. Amen. That's it. Man, me and Charlene might have had a difficult argument, but I'm still a husband. She's still a wife. I'm going to come home. Not go stay in a hotel. You ain't got faith. We ain't had. I said, I gotta say this. Anytime I say this stuff, y'all go home and say, well, he doesn't say that a lot. They must have had an argument. No, no, I ain't had no argument now. I'm just using this. Okay? I'm just using this. Ain't nobody fighting now. No, we good. We good. I'm just, you know, I'm just, you know, I need to use something else. Send him a text Monday just to encourage him. Ask him, you know, you be playing, man. You know, you're doing a great job. You could, man. You nobody fighting. You know what I'm saying? You could, man. You ain't nobody slinging no words in the house. But I just want to use us. You see? That's it, man. Dog. No. Alright? But it's the act of believing, not when it's profitable. It's easy to believe and have faith when everything is just working good. Oh, my business is doing good. Yeah, man, shoot. Boy, I done had, boy, I made $8,000, man. I done made $10,000 at the end of the month. And you don't need no faith, but you only need faith when it seems like it's not profiting you anything. There's times in your life that, yes, it does get dried up. And it don't mean that the enemy is there. It just simply means that you are in testing mode. Before God can elevate you to the next level, you got to go through a dry season in your life. Dry season in your marriage, a dry season in your finance, dry season in your health, that it seems like everything that you touch, it don't work. It don't mean for you not to believe or to run or to change position. It just simply means go through the test. Amen. He's about to elevate you. If you are experiencing any dry season in your life, just, just come on, just, just stand up and say, just come on, come on, water, water. Just stand up, just stand up. Change the atmosphere. If you're experiencing any dry season, Anywhere in your life where it seems like maybe it's not working as fast or it's not working at all or it's drying up in your life, I want you to say, God has positioned me to prosper. God has positioned me to prosper. Come on, say it again. God has positioned me to prosper. God has positioned me to prosper. And I want you to shout, and it shall work. I want you to shout, and it shall work. Go ahead and give him a shout of praise right there. It shall work, it shall work, it shall work, it shall work. The thing about it is you confirm God through your praise. You confirm it through your praise. You confirm it through your praise. Say, I confirm it through my praise. Say, I confirm it through my praise. This means automatically if you believe it and you say, I believe it, you get excited. In the middle of belief and faith is excitement. In the middle of believing, faith is praise. Yeah. Praise is excitement. I praise God because I'm excited. I praise God because I see the vision. I'm not praising God from the current. I'm praising God from the vision. I'm not praising God from the current situation or where I am right now. I'm praising God from the vision. Folks who got a vision knows how to open up their mouth and praise God. Those who got a vision knows how to be excited. 
Those who got a vision understands how to be motivated. Those who got a vision understands how to be ready. Those who got a vision understand how to think out the box. Those who got a vision understand how to be optimistic. Those who got a vision understand how to think fast and on my feet. Those who got a vision is ready. If you're ready, come on and give God a shot of praise. Ask your neighbor, are you ready? Come on, ask them, are you ready? Come on, ask them, are you ready? Come on, point to them and say, are you ready? TD Jakes would like to say, ready, 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 ready. You might as well get ready, 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 ready. God is looking for some ready folk. They already got their shoes tied up tight. God is looking for some folk that's ready to run. You start off walking, but now you're ready to run. Run, 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 run. That's what he's looking for. Some excited people. Oh I'm excited because I'm sick, sick. Every leader want to hear themselves. Every director or every founder of an organization, he want to hear himself. You got to understand this. You see, you see, you see, see, when, you, when you're a director of something and you're interviewing somebody, remember I told you this here. When you're interviewing somebody, that person that's doing the interview want to hear themselves in you. Could it be that we're asking something from God, but God is not hearing himself in? God is interviewing you while you're going through the struggle, and the only thing that God wants to see is himself in you. Greater is he that's in you than he that, oh, I'm trying to get excited. God wants to see himself in you. You've got to sound like God. He told Peter, we know that you are with that man at Nazarene because your speech gives you away. Could it be the thing that's eliminating you from constant success is the fact that you don't sound like the owner. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, when I was sitting in the interview, I told the director, I said, sir, I know your vision. Not only I told him I know your vision, I began to give the vision back to him. Which established I got the right man for the right position. Because I know he understands my vision. He understands my heart. The Bible says if you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. We couldn't be the very thing that's keeping you from manifesting your desires because you don't sound like him. Yes, I trust this man because he understands my heart. I trust this man because he understands. You can be seen again, yeah, yeah. If you can, if you can, if you can. Listen, listen. I trust this man. I, I trust this man. I, I can put this, I can sleep at. Can God sleep at night when got you in the right position? Or do he need to be up with you to watch you? God is not a micromanager. What makes a director feel good about this thing is when he can lay down and go to sleep. And he can, and he can trust that no matter what's going on, I got joy in the right position. Yeah. Yeah. And not only is this vision going to prosper, but then joy is going to reap the benefits of, say, joy come in the morning. Say, joy come in the morning. So when I look at joy, I look at a person that may be going through something, but she can get through it because she understands that. See, your name is prophetic. Some of you need to change your name. Joy come, joy, what joy come, joy, joy. I'm gonna go through this, but I understand the vision of God. And God will say, Don't worry about it. 
faith in you. It's one thing to have faith in God, but boy, the thing changed when God got faith in you. It's one thing to believe in God, but it's another thing when God starts to believe in you. It's one thing to be committed to God, but it's another thing when God starts committing himself to you. It's one thing when you discipline yourself to God, but then when God finds purpose and discipline himself and it's one thing to bind yourself to God but it's another when God bind himself to you. It's another thing to have faith in him. It's another thing to love him but it's something different when God begins to love you. It's another thing to have trust in the vision of God but it's another when God had trust in the vision that he gave you. Tell your neighbor God is walking with you. Can we go to the next? Is this helpful? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Is this speaking to your life? Yes. Let's go to the next one so we can hurry this thing here up really quickly. Yeah, for Samuel chapter 1, 15 and 22. Ooh, Samuel said, has the Lord as the great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than to fat of rams. Tithing, this is what I've got. Tithing and offerings are not a sacrifice, but it's obedience. <laughs> Could it also be the reason why folks are not seeing? The result of their giving is because they are sacrificing. You sacrifice. It's a sacrifice to do this. It's a sacrifice to do that. And you feel the weight of the sacrifice. But not if you be first. <laughs> see, see, Deborah, these are secrets, keys to success of your life. The Bible gives it to you. He says obedience is better than sacrifice. He did not tell you not to sacrifice, but he's telling you to obey first, then sacrifice. All right, did you get that, Shawty Man? Come on, if this helping you, Shawty Man. See, see, the problem is we want to sacrifice without obeying. And that's where the struggle comes in. Because we're doing it because pastors say that's not obedience. That's obligation. If you're doing it because somebody tells you to do it, that's not obedience, that's obligation. If you don't have the seven done, then you really don't. Obedience means submission by the heart. Not because somebody tells you to. Obedience is when you, is submission by the heart. Submission, and I'm dedicated by the heart, not by ability. And we have been giving unto God through ability. And God won't know parts of your ability. He is after your heart. You sacrifice unto God by your natural ability. You look at what you have versus what you don't have. And that's how you sacrifice unto God. And you don't see consistent success. But the success and prosperity of God is consistent if we learn how to obey Him. 
then the law of consistency does not even exist. The law of commitment don't exist. The law of discipline don't exist. The law of faith don't exist. The law of belief don't exist. The law of mission don't exist. The law of vision don't exist. Only one law exists, and that is the law of love. But we need all six of these laws because we do not love. Therefore, we will not obey. And that's why the sacrifice becomes a burden. But if you give one penny unto God through the obedience of love, that one penny turns into millions. That one penny turns into a number that you can't even count. That penny turns into a number that don't even exist. Are you getting this? But because one don't love, they have to learn how to commit. Because one don't love, they have to learn how to be disciplined. Because one don't love, they must have a vision. Because one don't love, they must have a, a, a mission. Because one don't love. But if you love, these things don't exist because you are submitted unto him. Could it be that we don't really know what it means to, to obey God? So you sacrifice. The sacrifice becomes a burden that leads to the indication of depression, that leads to the indication of anxiety, that leads to the indication of frustration, that leads to the indication of lack and hopelessness, that leads to all of these emotional battles that we are fighting because we are fighting to submit. We won't submit completely because we don't know how to submit. To submit to God is to stop caring about yourself. Then I give up. I'm tired. I'm tired of waking up every morning caring. Cast off. I can feel when the energy shift. Uh, Cast all your cares before him because he cares for you. The problem is you care about yourself so much. So the success that you want to have is only for you. Because you care about yourself too much. I'm hurting. I'm going through. See, I'm, God don't want to hear the eyes. He, I, he tired of hearing eye, eye, eye. You know, you know, the only reason why he's trying to bless you is so that he can bless your whole family. But you think that the blessing is about you. It's not about you. He's trying to bless your whole generation. He's trying to bless the kids that you don't even have yet. And you right here talking about, I want to have no kids. No, you want to have some. You're going to have some churn. You're going to think you're going to, you're going to have some. That's good. If you think you're going to walk around here pretty up and all of this stuff and no man going to want you, that's not true. A man will come in your life, you're going to have some churn, and God is anointing you to prosper for them generations of churn and going to give you a whole other tree with some root that you ain't never even see yet. I mean, look, don't think because what you see today, all of this lust that's going on and folk don't like each other, that the love of God don't, don't exist. But see, your husband is not from this world. Your husband is coming from a work. But see, you got to get in faith for that. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to because you want to you enjoy life. See, see, if you just keep coming, if you just keep coming, if you just keep coming, you want to enjoy life. You want to enjoy life with somebody. That's what you want to do. You want a friend. You want a friend. You, you really want companionship. You want a friend. I'm speaking to you. You want a friend. You really want companionship. Now, you might put on makeup to try to hide it, but I can see right through because I can see your heart. I know you. You want companion. You want friendship. You want lasting friendship. You want somebody that's going to walk with you, be with you. Understand, even when you ain't even talking, understand your mind, even. You, I mean, I, I just, uh, that's all you want to run right through your head. 
And God has said because he's not of this world. That's why he hasn't come yet. And you can't get wrapped up in what you see. You can't run behind what you, Your blessing is not of this world. I told you that you are not like your family tree. I've prophesied this to you. And my word shall come to pass, Taylor, in your life. Will you believe, stay, and abide, and remain? Because you rock somewhere else. Yeah. 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 Tithing and offering. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's just obedience. Because over half of us in this place, you can tell yourself this all you want to, even at the church. Come tell me I'm not going to believe it. But all of our problems dealing with one thing money. position to call hey man I got a promotion Anna Marie she said Anna Marie is with it so don't call you stop cause you know right now you gonna see Deborah at Navy you know you gonna see Deborah at Navy and your credit at 800 you ain't going in there yeah boy I tell you what man people tell me I need $5,000 down and you don't care what them people say you got a whole different attitude about yourself when you know your business fits. But if you shake in any part of your business and you know it ain't right, you don't have no faith in that area. So now you're just taking as people give it. Now I'll tell you, let me tell you what she told her husband. Might go and fill the trucker. I'm going to tell you what she told her husband. Might fill the trucker. I might fill a truck up. See y'all know. One of the signs that you don't think like poverty no more is you will stop filling your car. Somebody do it, do it, do it, do it. What we say? That's that's one of the small signs that you didn't change your mindset because you do what? You fill that thing up. She said, Mike, fill a fill a truck up. Stop putting we got twenty dollars and you only put in ten because we got the same other ten. Y'all, see y'all, see, see. They ain't never been there. Y'all ain't never been there. Y'all always, y'all always gonna fill your car up with gas. I understand, but I didn't come from a place where you know what? All I got is five. I can only put three in this thing and hope to God that I get home right. I mean, I'm gonna get home because I'll walk if I got, but I want to get home right. I want to pull up in the driveway, not be walking in the driveway. So God, I don't need, I need this $3 to last. You got it, Nicole. I need this thing to last. Man, I got $20. With all the day I can put in this thing here, that's 10 and I got the whole other 10 They don't even get me to a half a tank. Just enough to get me home and maybe be able to back the car up the driveway. You don't know how many times I run out of gas. Y'all understand? She said, Mike, we ain't there no more, man. Fill a car with gas. See, you 
could be in struggle so long that God and both, I, see, I know what I'm talking about. Because I used to walk around the house for years just finding lack. You're finding all kind of lack in the house. We can't do this. We can't do that. And Cookie said, man, it's about money. Y'all ain't arguing else in the house but money. You surely ain't arguing about your turn. So then the Holy Spirit said, now stop going around the house looking and finding what you don't got. So here it is. I got to do this with the house. I got to do that with the house. And I was working out of my brother's yard. And I, and I, I threw the week down. Oh, I said, Ray, I got it. He said, what? I said, man, God told me in a whole nutshell to get everything you want. God said, use what you got to get everything you want. God said, look at your name and laugh. God said, use what you got to get everything you want. The problem is, is you don't think you got enough. That's it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And I forgot when I've been in the bathroom. I asked God, a man of God said, see, we mess up. Boy, let me tell you something. Just wait on God, man. And see, some man of God told me when I was at Wasabi's, he said, see, what we do is we pray for the money. But he said, that's wrong. Don't pray for the money, pray for the plan. Pray, pray for the strategy. So what I needed was, see, well, you ain't got no strategy, you spend up everything you got in your Because you ain't got no strategy. So then, so now you need the money because you think the money will outweigh the strategy. God wants, hmm, boy, I know we got to go, but I'm trying to help. Yeah, let's do it. Blessing what? Yeah, yeah, you want to, and I said, you want to remember, that's yours. Say, that's yours, the key. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, so it's, it's just like bad credit. When your credit is all jacked up, now you need the money to supersede the bad what? Credit. When you don't have a strategy from God, and you don't have a plan from God, now it's going to cause you to pray for the money. Because the money is going to supersede you not having a plan. So every time money get in your hand, it's like you got a hole in your hand. The money keep dropping, the money keep dropping, the money keep just rolling off your elbow because you don't have a strategy. But when God gives you a strategy, you will find out that you get what you want and keep what you got. Oh, you don't get that. I call Charlene and I tell Charlene on the phone, I said, I got it. I got it. I said, I got it. The moment, Joy, I got a strategy, I said, hey, Charlene, what would I say last night? Charlene, man, let's get some pizza everybody. When I would have said, but we ain't got that in the account, let's get some pizza. Let's go and get some pizza. Jacob had three slices. He's always said, why you got three slices? I'm, hey man, you can get some of mine. Well, go get what you want. I got a strategy. Money is no problem anymore. But money is a problem for those who don't have a strategy. When you don't got a strategy, you, you're afraid that you're going to lose it. So you won't give it. God said, use what you got so you can get everything done. Hallelujah. That's it, any y'all? Look at my media. Look at my media. Y'all, I hope y'all coming up with a strategy. That's it, y'all? Y'all go over there talking to y'all people and going to That's it? I ain't got no more. Huh? I got one more. In order to sacrifice unto God, you must obey. Amen. 
here's what God wants you to sacrifice yourself. He wants you to sacrifice yourself. Romans. Something that you got to understand. Right? Romans 12. I beseech you, therefore, brother, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies of what?
guys, if you really want to try this skill, if you don't want to try, I just play the next year again. All right? It can only be done at Halloween? Yeah, because it's like a Halloween skill. So, yes, ma'am. You ain't prepared?
hear you talk about your book. Only one reason you try. I didn't know that, man. Wow. Listen, congratulations. All right. All right. All right. All right. Come on. Detroit. Huh? Who Marson got? Oh, that's okay. Okay. Go get your book. Go get your book. Come on. Big Mo. Get that book, Big Mo. All of these authors, man. Yeah. How much authors we got? If you're an author, raise your hand if you're an author. Keisha, Arthur. You author? All right. In the making. In the I know that's right. I know that's right. Oh, Big Mo got a ticket back. Come on, I ain't got no COVID. You can take it off. Straight, bro. Straight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mission trip. Well, maybe we can't physically go over there, but we can send money over there. 
he can adopt a school. You see, yeah, we can adopt a school. I saw one of my friends out in Anderson, uh, South Carolina, Pastor Jason. He was speaking to 150 pastors. Did you know ever seen that? He posted. He was speaking to 150 pastors from the, uh, from you know, the uh, Zoom. That's what he was doing. Because they are blessing schools over there, an entire community. But we've got the function to do that. But we got to be smart with our money, and we got to give. Would you guys like to do that? Like the feeling you would get to know that you adopted a family somewhere? And it ain't even really got to be over there. We can be running our backyard. Amen. Adopt a community. How would you feel if we were able to do that? Wouldn't you feel good? Wouldn't you want to tell somebody about what your church is doing versus just coming to church every Sunday, every Sunday, every Sunday, going through the motions? But when you can really see that your money is working, it'll cause you to have a sense of gratitude. Children, that you can go to school and you can tell your friends, that, hey man, our church adopted a family out there in Tanzania, Africa. Really? Yeah. We save the money to go. You'll be surprised of the stuff that we can do. But it's going to take money. It's really going to take time. Amen? So I want you to think about the church and today. I'm not going to tell you what to believe God for. Amen? But you have your tithes, you have your offerings. Let's be committed to that on today, and let's give it with energy. Let's give it with excitement. I don't know if y'all got some music to play, but maybe y'all, I don't bless, bless. Well, I'm putting them on the spot. They need a DJ. They, you know what they need? What do you got? Oh, there we go. Don't play my girl. All right, they Oh, okay. All right. All right. Look at him back there. Look at him back there. DJ, quick.
How many of you got one more shout? One, two, three, make some noise! Amen, amen. If you have already given, if you have already given, amen, then we're going to pray, amen. Yeah, hallelujah. I like that kind of giving, amen. I like that kind of giving when you are excited and you move and you dance and you scream and you are provoking God on your behalf. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Everyone had the opportunity to give. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Father God, we thank you. Thank you. We honor you for everything that you have done in our life. We don't take the credit of no prosperity. We don't take the credit of no open doors that has happened. Father, we don't give any credit to any man. But we owe all creditation to you. For you are good. And you are merciful. And you love your children. Father, I thank you for blessing and opening up doors for every person in this place. Father, the blessing that you have given Abraham is transpiring unto us right now. Generational prosperity is happening right now. Families are being saved right now. So, Father, take with this and multiply and increase it, not only in this church, but do it in their life, in their spiritual life, and in their natural life. In Jesus the Christ's name, we pray. Let everyone shout amen. Amen. Somebody say, so be it. So be it. And it's done. Now snap your fingers and say it. Bless and highly favored. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we're getting ready to go now. So I want you to repeat these words after me. <laughs> For we walk by faith and not by sight. We are this list. Amen.